Hey everybody, welcome to the Rich by 36 podcast for Thursday, November 5th. This podcast is presented by the Rich by 36 newsletter, Smart Trades for Smart Investing. Every week, the Rich by 36 newsletter puts three trades in your inbox. We tell you what to buy, explain why you should buy it, and show you exactly where to sell. Head to richby36.com to sign up for a free two-week trial. On today's podcast, I Zoomed with Chad Smith, the host of the C's Get Degrees podcast. Going, uh, excuse me, the host of the C's Get Degrees Going from Average to Extraordinary podcast. Chad lives in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I couldn't help but ask him about being a Packers fan. Uh, later in the, in the interview, we'll hear about uh, how Chad approaches day trading, currency, and stocks, the brokerages he uses, the currency pairs he likes, and a lot more. What I wasn't expecting was for Chad to have such an interesting story, and we also dive into motivation, discipline, goal setting, behavioral finance. You should come away from this podcast with a pep in your step and also have a better idea about how to accomplish that thing that you've been putting off. Questions, concerns, comments, shoot me an email, george at richby36.com. All right, let's get to the show. All right, before we get to the interview with Chad, I do want to touch brief, briefly on what's been happening in the stock market over the last two days. Uh, and I've, I've truly been flummoxed. We don't have a president. Two days after the election, uh, our current president is threatening legal proceedings and demanding recounts. Yesterday, Italy, France, and the United Kingdom went into lockdown to battle COVID. And Germany and a few other countries instituted less harsh lockdowns. Uh, yesterday, the U.S. also reported over 107,000 COVID cases. We still have over 7% unemployment, but the stock market doesn't seem to care about all that, at least over the last few days. There's been some monster gains, and, and it really tells me that we don't know, you know, as, as much as we can try, we really don't know a whole lot about what's going on. And, and trying to time the market is virtually impossible. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that they were moving to cash uh, the day before the election. And, you know, how did that work out? But with all those negative headlines that I just gave you, I mean, you'd think it would be smart to be in cash, right? You can just wait for shit to hit the fan and and then come back in. But again and again, uh, we've seen that staying invested and continuing to add to your portfolio when you have the cash available is the best way to go. By quality companies that you understand and believe in. Doing that really helps you stay invested, right? I've, I've had monster gains in Amazon and Apple, but I don't want to sell. I've been rewarded by these companies over the last several years. I have confidence in them. I've seen them bounce back from economic turmoil. And, and right, so I'm confident holding them no matter where we are in the election cycle. So by quality companies that you understand. Uh, there was also a FOMC meeting today, and nothing drastic came about from it. Uh, the Fed made no changes to their policies or interest rates. They didn't change any of the terms of their bond buying programs, which is their, you know, which is essentially like uh, dry powder that they can deploy if the market plunges again. They continue to see economic activity and employment recovering, and inflation little changed. And you know, maybe maybe that's it. The Federal Reserve has the markets covered. They still have billions and billions of dollars in unused money that they can deploy and buffer any downturn and be the buyer of last resort. They still haven't bought equity ETFs, which, you know, we, we've talked about in the past. Like, they weren't supposed to go out and buy corporate bonds. Their, their mandate was only—the Federal Reserve was only supposed to be able to buy stuff that's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. But in March, they— deviated from that. In order to provide liquidity to corporate and high-yield bond markets, they started buying investment-grade, I think it was investment-grade corporate bond ETFs, and then they went out and bought high-yield ETFs as well. I mean, that's astounding. And then, you know, the next leg of that, if it had continued, would have been to go out and buy uh, equity ETFs, signaling that, you know, they're going to provide liquidity, they're going to be the lender of last resort, and they're committed to propping up the market. Anyway, with all the, you know, with all of that, it, I mean, it's really, if you put that in perspective, that is way more powerful, in my opinion, than those negative headlines that I just read you. 
And it's no wonder that the market can shrug those off. Okay, let's get to the interview with Chad Smith. Yeah, you were telling me about how you, you grew up, what, half an hour south of Green Bay and are living there now? I am currently living in Green Bay. Um, I am renting. I am, I'm going to answer it this way, so I'm not going to get too fancy beat around the bush here. So I went through a divorce, so this was uh, three years ago. Um, I'm ha- happy, healthy, and I'm very grateful it occurred. And and I'm saying 100% positive on that one because if it wasn't for that, I would not be doing one. I can swear, right? Oh yeah, yeah. one okay. fucking drop. What I'm doing right now. <laughs> so it's uh, I'm very, 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 very grateful for everything that's occurring here. So um, no, I currently live in Green Bay. I am renting, like I said. Um, I am not one of those people that tend to follow the crowd and buy a house. Um, I have goals and dreams of living in multiple areas and buying stuff that's on my fridge right now. I got the vision board up on my fridge. I'm staring at currently as we speak. Um, so right now I'm in a cost effective one bedroom apartment, barely anything in rent, maybe 500 bucks, 550, somewhere in there. And, uh, working my ass off and stashing some money to the side here so I can make my move down the road here. So it's, it's enjoying it. Um, I do multiple things. (laughs) FaceTime call from my mother-in-law. That's uh, interesting. (laughs) Dude, the, uh, what's it like living in green Bay? How big of like, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Houston. We got, you know, if you probably counted all the, the people who don't reply to the census, there's probably close to 10 million people here. Oh, I know exactly Houston, man. My sister lives there, so I know exactly how big Houston is. So she's in Clear Lake Shores. Okay. Um, I am so – shit. Uh, is it true on Sunday the whole town shuts down to go to Packers games? and It is 100% true. Right. Um, pretty much that loyalty you guys have to J.J. Watt is pretty much how this whole town is to the team. And well, I'm going to say loyal. Yeah, so like some backlash against old JJ happening uh, happening right now. You know, he's he's talked about wanting to get out and chase a championship. And people are dude, like, oh, we pay you all this money, just shut up and play sort of thing. No, the dude fucking earned it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I We followed him all the way from high school. So he went to high school two hours south of here in Milwaukee area, down in that area, between there and Madison. Um the dude, all three of them, and I'm not even going to say him, all three of them grinded. Like, we hear all the stories and all that because he, they're all, all three of them are from Wisconsin. They all went to the yeah. Badgers and whatever. So, you know how badly our team wants to have JJ just as like a more a sentimental value? Yeah, I'm surprised y'all didn't c- come get him. Um, our GM's an idiot. It's, he's very, Who very smart. Fire the GM, right? Because y'all have, y'all have, hundreds or maybe thousands of owners how do you so bob harlan i think is the new no not bob harlan whoever the president is so the board okay we're gonna go on a funny story here and then i'm gonna answer that correctly because i think i might know exactly who does it all right so mike mccarthy our old coach which is down in dally yeah all right (laughs) he's having a good time yeah People don't get this, all right? So I work for a company here in Green Bay, which is very famous. Um, That pays my bills, whatever. That's not my long-term goal. But his wife used to be married to him. Whose wife? Married to who? McCarthy. McCarthy's wife used to be married to who? The biggest business owner in Green Bay. Okay. So she's mega, mega, mega bucks. Like mega, like with a B. And he ended up being the president of the board for Green Bay Packers. And I don't know if they slept behind the scenes or something, but she ended up marrying him, McCarthy. Now she's down in Dallas with him. So she either worked her way through the system or McCarthy grabbed a gold digger and worked his way through the system. So he's downgraded apparently. Yeah. Her ex-husband's the board, the number one board of directors for the Packers. Yeah. And then also on it, I think he calls the shots, and I think the GM calls the shots. Uh, not the GM, the um, president, and I couldn't tell you what it is. It was Bob Harlan. He was a cool guy, but I, I can't tell you who it is right now. I don't pay attention. Are you an owner? Like, do you just 
you move into Green Bay and they give you a share of the team? Oh, I freaking wish. Um, you pay, if I remember right, I think it's $20 for for ownership share or 50 bucks or something. It's like a 65-year wait for season tickets. Oh. Well, is, yeah, for season tickets. But that's not the same thing as becoming an owner, right? The owner is, they, they buy shares like a stock. So right. each each one individual pays like 20 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it is, and you become an owner and they give you a piece of paper saying you're the part owner of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So it's, uh, yes, this town does shut down. Right now, COVID is being a little bitch right now in this town. Um, so Green Bay is about within, okay, you draw a 40-minute circle of Green Bay. You probably have, so Green Bay's half a million to a Give or take a million. I mean, I'm, I'm inflating them. Uh, Appleton's a half a million. So on game day, you probably have a half million people within five minutes of the stadium. It's only, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's nice thing to go to a game, at, you know, at Lambeau. And... Yeah, and the thing about it, so Lambeau had addition, and I haven't been to Houston or any of the stadiums, so I can't tell you how it is up there. So the interior of Lambeau Field, the original Lambeau Field, is set up like the bowl in Michigan. Yeah. So it's all the old cement seats with the bleachers and like the old school, old school. Um, the new one, yeah, you got your box seats and stuff. To experience true Lambeau Field, you have to be on the ground level. You have to be in the bowl. Club seats, eh, eh it's like watching from a TV. And eh, yeah, the people, the people, yeah. Yeah. So in the bowl, man, it's like a freaking party. Um, Oh, it's tough to explain if you're not there on a on a heat heated full like big big game. If you're there on a big game, man, there's gonna be people punching people in the stands. There's gonna be like a party. There's gonna be half naked people next to. You. There's gonna be a dude that's gonna be freaking in his underwear, which is ten below weather. It's like this is what people are bred to. Not bred. I don't want to use the term bred, but this is what from one year old to now. That's what people yeah. are. It's just the pack. It's the Packers. It's the Brewers, and it's the Badgers. That's the big three in the state here. That's awesome. When I was, uh, let's, I think in elementary school, they took the Oilers away, and then we didn't have a, a team forever. And then you get the Texans, and they're just mediocre, no history, and you know, there's there's not a huge. I might get some backlash for this, but but first of all, there's not like generations of fans, and then it's we don't have a old antiquity stadium or anything like that. You know, they tore down the or they haven't torn down the Astrodome, but they're not using that anymore. So it's just it's kind of like a fair weather thing, right? And when you're coming of age, like going into high school, when you're getting into football, and you don't have a team in your city, you become a fan of players. Uh, around right so yeah yeah i've i've had this there's this i think it's kind of an old and young uh generational gap where you have old people who just look at young people like especially nba fans where where you're definitely fans of like lebron and i'm gonna cheer for whatever team he's on and old people are like well dude you just because he left cleveland doesn't mean you can go root for miami that's just you have to stay with your stick with your team and there there is i think there's more and more people who follow sports my way, especially with like fantasy and uh, you know daily fantasy stuff. You did mention COVID. It's a very complicated thing, right? So you have today, Italy, England, and France have locked back down again. Uh, I think Germany and the, maybe the Netherlands have instituted some not full lockdown, but, but stricter. Uh, we hit 107,000 COVID cases here yesterday. And if you look at like the market over the last two days, it, it, it doesn't seem to care. And so, yeah, we don't know who the next president's going to be. You have all this COVID uncertainty. And what happened before in, in Europe slowly worked its way over here with the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, what are you making of, you know, we were talking about your day trading, but what are you making of the markets right now? Honestly, it's confusion, and I'm going to say it that way. So um, the day I did write a note on my planner not to trade the day of election night, but I actually did, and I actually broke one of my records here. So um, 
ended up being, so yes, I've traded probably about two grand worth of money this year. Um, I've lost about $1,200 because I got tied into a trade back in, um, let's say August, July, let's see, July, August, whatever, mid, mid-summer. Um, Kodiak came out with the government contract and shot up to like $75 a share. Kodiak. Yeah. Yeah. You bought that? I bought that and uh, got trapped into a short with that. So um, ended up being, I made some money in the morning. I was trying to, I sold it off at like 12 bucks, 13 bucks. And I was assuming how the chart was setting up. It was going to short back down to three bucks. So you, you, you bought the shares and then you lent them out to a short seller? I bought the shares. I went up to 12. I sold it. And then I turned around and tried to short it back down to three bucks. So, okay. and it, I get it. So then you bought, you actually bought the shares to short or you borrowed the shares to short. I borrowed the shares to short and then it shot up to 18, $19. And I went in all in on my margin. So I had a negative $1,200 bill. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what brokerage are you using that lets you short stocks? All right. So since we're on the subject, <laughs> I am not trading. Only thing I'm trading United States brokerage firm is forex.com. And that's my, that's my learning brokerage. And I'm going to say it that way. So I run dual brokerage firms right now for stocks at CMEG or trade zero. Um, I follow warrior trading a lot and I notice the, the margin and the leverage that you can get overseas. So all my brokerage accounts are overseas except for, um, forex.com. The reason is, is the leverage is way better. Um, CMEG for stocks, it's four to one leverage. So you have $500 and you get two grand worth of buying power. So are you using a, a VPN to basically, you know, where is that brokerage based out of? The uh, CMEG, I think out of like Spain or something, somewhere over there. You know, don't you have to enter in your, I guess you can be a United States resident and still use their stuff. Yep. And then the on my um, commodities, not commodity trading, on my Forex trading, I am actually going to go through two of them. Um, one is FX Glory, which is 3,000 to one leverage. So you give them 100 bucks, they give you uh, 30 grand worth of buying power. Jesus. And then my main one right now, because I'm going to be converting into US 30, uh, just the US 30 charts. Some of them don't have them, some do have them. The one that does have it is it's LM, so Linda, Matthew, Frank, X, X-ray, so LM, FX. Uh, they have a thousand one leverage, and that's out of Russia. What do so you like? What I, you're, you're, you're day trading uh, foreign exchange? Right now, it's foreign exchange just to get used to the charts. Um, I did like the stocks. The reason why I'm going into just the exchanges is because... With the stocks, you have a thousand freaking stocks going left and right. You need a scanner and all that stuff. For me and my brain and how fast and how efficient I am with my schedules at times and the time efficiency I have, the more simplistic I can make it, the more I can just focus on a few things. So right now I'm focused on six things, making a move to maybe one thing total, one or two things. Reason for this is everyone's like, oh, I'm a day trade. I'm going to go in the stock market. So you have what, like? 2,500 stocks to focus on or more. Yeah. Yeah. For me is we're, we're going to, we're going to go on the smart side of it here. So us 30 is the top 30, uh, top 30 companies in the state. All right. So technically I think Facebook and Snapchat and Tesla or something, don't quote me on this. I haven't looked at it recently, but of it like the big four of that total us 30, is like 90% of it. So you can have your US 30 chart going on one side and have the top four stocks on the other and watch if it goes up and down. So usually it's replicated with the stocks. So like if Facebook drops, US 30 is gonna drop. So for me, it's focus on one thing, get good at your charts and then jump into all the rest of the stuff. So I'm, I'm looking at just more simplistic stuff. Yeah, US 30, it is an index fund, I think. And typically that's all the charts that people are trading on the day trading on the stock market anyways. 
but it's only one thing. What's the difference between this and like the Dow Jones 30? Oh, it's, it's U.S. Dow Jones 30 is what it is. Okay, so people who are, who are day trading are typically trading the companies inside of this index? Yes. And the ones that are overseas making a boatload of cash are just trading the index because they don't are need to work. So for, for both, I guess you could use technical analysis for both Forex and stocks. Or are you proficient in that or how are you making decisions on when to buy and sell? So right now I'm actually looking at, and I'm just, I, I've been doing this my whole life, but I've been focused on it probably for the last six months. So I look at the momentum chart and the direction it's going. Um, obviously I've lost more than I made right now, just because I got stuck with that Kodiak trade. If you pulled that, that numbers in there, if you pulled that out, I'm actually making more than what I put in. Um, I look at the momentum charts and then obviously the volume and stuff. And the reason why I'm not really trading lately is the volume completely like 10 times increased the last five days. So all the normal volume. So let's say you have a thousand shares going of, um, trading, Japanese, U.S. to Japanese markets, mm -hmm. the volume right now is at about 100,000. So it's like completely quadrupled with the election. So, right, so for Forex, are you using, are you doing like carry trades where you're borrowing in the end and then investing in, no? We're, okay. So we're no, just, no, it's, it's just, just uh, and then we want to sell it when it, when the exchange rate turns higher. No, you're buying slot or slots. I think the best way of saying it. So you're buying, uh, let's say it's one dollar seventy five cents. You're buying a slot at that time, or whatever the word for it. I can't think of it on top. But of my is that head. the the right to convert a dollar and you know one point seven five yen into one dollar? You you're That's buying the right to convert that. Yes. Okay, yes. and then if the if if it goes higher, right? If it goes up to two. You make the difference. Yeah, because your your right to buy at a lower price now has value. Yes. You're, you're trading like futures, or uh, I don't know what the, the right. Pretty is. much it. Pretty much it is futures, is what it is. If you break it down, the simplistic side of it. Um, yeah, you're pretty much buying. Uh, here, let me get the exact term of it here, because I actually have my. Uh, pretty much slots one one thousandth of a share or whatever it is of that slot so you can make a break it's just like everything you know it's with the stocks it goes up and down um this one's a little bit more the thing i noticed with commodities is a little more fluctuant it's not like a stock where it goes up for a day that's it uh commodities continuously go up and down or uh uh, exchanges continuously go up and down so you it's more of a quick in quick out get your stop losses versus like stocks do go up and down drastically during the day but it's just what i notice on the the forex is it's more uh not as much volume and news driven it's just more of like a a computer trading style setup so it's more if it goes up it goes up if it goes down it goes down you can't really control it as much as like a stock so that that's the downfall of doing forexes and then what, where do your how do you use stop loss orders and what, what, uh, what is the purpose of using a stop loss order in a Forex trade? So anything I place, I will do like a $10 buy and a 250 loss. So what I'll do is I'll buy it at this number, whatever, and then take my 250 or $5 loss, $10 spread. So I, so I get like a $15 spread is what it is. Um, the reasoning for this is you don't lose your cap. So if it hits that $5 loss, boom, it's gone. So it's off your books. You don't have to worry about it versus doing like what the Kodiak did for me. If I would have had a stop loss at $10, it would have been done. I wouldn't have yeah. to lose $800. For me, it's a little bit easier with everything that I do. I have a stop loss attached to it unless it's a complete oops where I totally forgot about it, which happens a few times. Um, I will fall asleep at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> sometimes with my computer up next to me and I forget to set the stop loss. But um, that's just it's called being in the grind and you just, it's heat of the moment type of thing. Damn, dude, you're, um, trading, you're trading Forex contracts at one o'clock in the morning. Forex so is totally. Where does your day job fit into all this? So I work two to 10. Okay. So you um, time with the market before you have to go in and. 
Yes. And then at night, usually it's the stock market's pretty quiet at night if I really wanted to do that, but the Forex keeps going. So I get home, I do whatever I need to do at 11, 1130. And then if I don't have any editing podcasts or whatever it is, I will, or even, even editing, um, I will have the charts going next to my audacity for editing pods. So like I'll, I'll multitask while I'm going. So like I'll watch the charts on one side and then I'll keep editing on my stuff on the other side. So yeah, you could trade Forex 24 seven if you really, really wanted to. The only thing I know is it does shut down at 5 PM Friday night and they do take a break on the weekends. Good for them. Yeah. And then uh, they do fire back up Friday or uh, Sunday, I think at four or five o'clock PM. But when it, uh, what usually happens on some of these days is Sunday's usually a channeling day. It's kind of like what's going on right now with the election. They just channel because they don't know which route it's going. So um, the last couple of days, a lot of this stuff just be, you know, they'll, they'll do like a dollar range channel, you know, up and down, give or take. Uh, that one that I just did prior coming on here, I did lose five bucks on it just because it, it hit its uh, top um, support line. So it, it's, that's what I noticed. And that's the reason why I didn't drop in. So like right now, what I'm noticing is if I have a very heavy momentum stock. So like, uh, I think it was Canadian dollar, uh, two, three days ago, I made like 20 bucks on a trade out of like 120 something bucks. So it was like a 25, 30% trade, which that works. Well, reason, that, yeah. yeah. Reason for that is, is it broke through the resistant line. It just kept going and going and going and going, which I'm like, all right, cool. So I just, I traced my stop loss all the way up. And then pretty much left for work at a, I think I had like a $15 profit or something at the stop loss. Well, I ended up selling it at work for like 18, 19, 20 bucks, whatever it was. But typically they will channel, I'm going to say 25 cent difference. So the more volume you have in there, obviously you're going to make a profit off it. I get that or loss depends on how wide the channel is. Um, but that's just what I'm noticing. So like I will, my routine's kind of different right now, but it, it's working. So like I will use one of my um, dummy accounts, which is fake money, yeah. just to get just to get Met, um, MetaTrader 4 up, just to get the charts, see how it's going, which way it's going. Because what I'm noticing is the dummy account's about 30 seconds ahead of my original account. So I would go on the dummy account and see which way it's going. And then if it's dropping, I will jump on uh, Forex.com, get my trade in, and then go back to the dummy account and watch it. So it's um it's pretty much what i'm what i'm learning with my limited time that i have available right now so um what i'm doing are you oh, making any calls on on like macro trends you know the us dollar's been in a downturn for a while right we've been printing trillions and trillions of dollars and you know the, the technically yes weekly, right so Technically, yes, but I'm looking at, at a day. I'm not looking at it long term. So anything that I will buy, yes. Can I hold it long? Yes. But my goal is when I look in, I'm, I'm kind of, I keep it simple. If I jump in and see there's a trade, I jump in. Yeah. And I'll, I know I'll keep it for 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, and I'll get out. Um, I'm not that buy, hold, you know, buy and sit and hold long term type of guy. Um, reasoning is I had a few guys that made a shitload of money doing, um, commodity trading. So like they'll get in, they'll make 600,000, they'll get out instead of holding it long. So I just learned from them is you get in, you grab your money, even if it's 10%, you get the hell out and you pay taxes on it. Um, I have a couple bodies that will say, Hey, well, I could have made this, but I ended up losing this. Well, you yeah, could have made it. Yeah. It's yeah, like, no man, dude, just, surprise. yeah. It's like, just you get your money and get out. Yeah. And, and every every trade I lost, I it's I went off my foundation and got greedy. Um, the one on Tuesday, I did break my foundation on it, but I I just followed the trend and I'm like, you know what the hell, it's going up. I already made my money on it, so not saying it's house money. It's not that I'm not even going to use that term and say house money because there's no house money. But if you're riding a trade and it's going past your breaking point, you know it keeps going up, dude. Just get your money and just keep going. You know, keep following it until you know you're safe and get out. Do you have any, do you have an IRA or anything that is a buy and hold investment account? Right now, no, because okay. all my money went into paying off 
builds and repositioning myself for my jump in the next couple of years. Yeah. So can you tell me about your vision board? Why do you have it? What does it signify to you? And what was the decision to actually put that thing up? Uh, decision for me to put it up actually was me getting sober. Honestly, um, I made that the drawing I have actually made it five years ago and I, I had it up in one of my binders with my ex-wife and I thought I lost it and I actually found it again. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'm going to keep it. Um, the goals I have on it are everything that I know I'd be perfectly happy with, with or without. So I have my yearly goals, which are just your small ones, your big ones, whatever it is. So like pay off credit cards, pay off this, buy a fish run, whatever it is that yeah. I had on, on my yearly goal. I have that there. I think I got, let me count here. One, two, three. I got six major things that I need to cross off. Some of, a lot of it's going to entail to money. So for me right now, it means looking at that and then knowing I got to get to work. That's pretty much what it is. So a lot of the, I had the small item stuff just to build that momentum. And then now I'm, I got the larger stuff that I'm slowly working on. Um, How long have you had it up for? Probably a year. Okay. During the move. Have you so, noticed changes in your behavior once you put it up? Absolutely. It's it, it depends which mood I'm in. And obviously with everyone that's going through the the journey, uh, there's days that you're super laser focused and then there's days you want to do shit. That's just that's the nature of the journey. Um, but it, it keeps me aligned because my focus is very limited. I'm very laser focused or um, hyper focused. So like there's days I have a lot of focus and there's days I don't have any. So for me, it just sadly keeps me on, keeps me more um, stable to where I want to go. Um, my new stuff's going to change. And and here's the other philosophy that people are going to get. Like people are like, oh, I have to get this. Dude, I, you could take all that away from me and I'll still be the person I am with or without it. So like for me, that's what I want to accomplish and that's what I'm going to grab. But I also know that the person I'm going to be and the person I want to be is someone that hasn't achieved that yet, which is still, you know, happy and go lucky and just yeah. fun and wild. So people have to face the fact, or they have to accept the fact that if they don't get it, yeah, they have to be, ha you know, it's like, Hey, if it never occurs, are you going to be happy? Absolutely. But for me, there's not a never in my vocabulary. So like I'm striving hard to go get it. Um, Dude, have you read uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich? Long time ago, yes. Me too. Um, uh, it's been. I just started rereading, and there's actually a free download on Apple iBooks. You can you can get the book for free, but the first chapter talks about a lot of the things that you've just said about desire, like that you you said at the beginning of this podcast. You want to be rich. In Napoleon Hill, it, you know, he interviewed these 500 super wealthy people, and the number one thing, you know, the first step is. It has to consume you. And, and like you were just saying, uh, he gave this example of this Greek general. They sailed across some sea to attack. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the Romans, right? But when they got there, they burned all the boats. There's no retreat. Like the only way that we can come home is if we win, is if we're alive, right? So having this desire, yep. burning the bridges behind you so that you cannot go back and be in he also talked about writing down your goals and how you're going to accomplish them. So whether or not I think that, and look, I, I'm only, I've only made it through the first chapter, but whether or not you're, um, you're aware of it, you're doing a lot of the things that Napoleon Hill said, you know, these JP Morgan and Andrew Carnegie and all these super wealthy people uh, in the 1930s were doing. It's like this proven method it's it's really cool to, to hear you talk about it and and the thing about it obviously it started with my foundation obviously i am a born-again christian people can say what they want about it i i've been blessed this last year after cleaning up so i don't need to go on a whole subject about that one but it's it's i've been very very blessed with what he put on my my plate going forward here once i cleaned up so the thing with the i have my long-term goals on the bottom, I have exactly how I'm going to get this. Um, I'm doing the bulk of them. 
I can just read it from here. It's six, seven feet away, but I, I don't need glasses to say. So uh, my first line is side hustle like crazy on eBay, getting money to start up trading funds. Um, I've yeah. done that already this year. Next one is use. Did you cross uh, it off when you're done? Uh, no, because I'm still doing it. Um, to me, that's eBay is my play money for future. So anything like I still got stuff for sale right now on it. So are you going um, to like garage sales and finding stuff and then reselling it or, or buying stuff off Alibaba and, and you know. right now it's it's going to here in Wisconsin's fleet farm. So a lot of those places have like heavy clearance on stuff. Uh, usually I will make five dollars here, ten dollars here, but if you think about it this way, yeah, and even the Gary Vee thing where it's like go sell your old shit and yeah. make money on it. Yeah, I've done that this last year. I even sold my farm toy collection. <laughs> And the reason why are like, why, why, why did you sell it? Cause I can buy more down the road when I'm rich. <laughs> it's, it's, I want to get rid of everything in my past that I know that is good, but it's also keeping me stagnant. Um, next line is my futures determined on trading. Obviously I'm going to take my eBay money and go into trading. I've done that. Um, so after that, now it's more just make, 50 grand a year, whatever. Like, so I have each little step. Let me ask you this for the, for the trading. And you may have just answered the question, your goal, you can do this full time. If you're making 50 grand a year after tax trading. Yeah. Yeah. So basically. So do you have um, that broken down to like, I need to make 250 bucks every day or this much a month. You know, how, 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 how minute do you get with that goal? All right. So right now I'm not hitting that goal because the volume's not there yet. Cause I'm rebuilding my account back up, but of it though, yes, I have it broken down each day. So I don't know where I found it. I think it was on one of my uh, FX traders, Instagram accounts. I, someone's account, it dropped on mine and I screenshot it. So there's 252 days trading yeah. in a year. All right. So if you make a hundred dollars a day, that's 25 grand a year. If you make $200 a day, that's 50 grand a year. Um, $400 a day is a hundred grand a year, give or take taxes, half of it's gone. I mean, basically what it is to me, I know I need to make, I make about give or take $200 a day at my job minus overtime. So $300 a day. I mean, if you do overtime, I know if I can break clear taxes, $200 a day, I know I'm going to be down to probably one year total before I leave my job consistently. Yeah. Um, there's days I made, I think I made 800 something dollars a day. Like I, mm -hmm. you know how good you feel when you wake up in the morning and make $350 a day on a trade in like one hour? <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's happened in the last two days with the, so I don't day trade. I, I, I just get into growing stocks and hold them until I hit my target. And that's typically over months. Yeah. The last couple of days have been great to wake up to like, all right. <laughs> Make it the the issue with me like i said consistency with it is a lot of times i have a very impulse i do have an impulse personality so like it'd be like oh i made 250 bucks instead of just dropping the computer and shutting it off and go away i tend to be like oh let's go make more and, sh yeah. and throw it back in there so i'm learning with i'm learning discipline which is here's the number one word for success is discipline i'm learning a little bit of it each day um let me ask you this. Have you thought about the, the mental side when you are able to quit your job and trading is going to be your main source of income? What do you think is going to happen to the, your brain, right? Like the, the pressure, you know, we just talked about burning your bridges and so you can't go back. But do you think, what is the, what kind of mentality change will occur when that's your, you know, that's your gig? I'm going to say it this way. So I, I think the anxiety level is going to be a little bit, it's going to be there. Obviously, you're a business owner, so the anxiety is not going to leave. It's just what it is. I think what's going to happen is my repetition of making X amount will make me a lot more calmer. Right now, it's like, oh, you're looking at a big amount and going instead of just looking at it as like a $10 trade, whatever it is. Each trade counts. I get that. But my anxiety is not as high for a $2 trade than it is for a $20 trade. So like, once I get used to that anxiety level of it, yeah, that makes sense. And just build up, build up to you. Yeah, it's like, hold on here, bud. Can you, you're, uh, you're frozen. It's funny. All right, I'm, you're the one, good now. I'm the one in Houston. <laughs> I'm frozen. Yeah. Dude, the, uh, 
the anxiety yeah. level i think the more you rep the more it's repetition with you the more you're going to get used to having an anxiety level so like my mindset of trading i already know i want to do it i already know how to do it i already know what computer i want to do it not say how to do it um macbook pro or whatever the mac dual 26 inch screen on a mac and i'm not a mac guy but that's what i want because it's so simple to operate um have I envisioned sitting in my office, looking out the back door, looking at a farm? Yeah, I've done that. I haven't done it recently just because I've been in the heat of the moment of doing hundred things um, of it though. Every time I go into work, I have a biggest headache and I want to throw up. Why? Because I know I don't need to be there. Not say don't need to, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, my personality you could is- probably sit in front of your computer and trade for 23 hours in a row without having any of those because it's it's the passion right it's just what yes. i want to do versus versus what yes. i what i have to do and there's and so the, many people have to deal with that too there's you think if you think about it, the majority of people in the world have to go to jobs that they don't want to be at and they yeah have to do it for their entire lives and yeah, here's the thing i noticed this last year okay so going into me prior cleaning up there was always a verse that kept dropping on me where it's like you got to be diligent you got to be sober millions of times i don't know how many times it dropped on me and i'm not going to go spiritual preach here i'm not going to do that i'm like yeah bullshit you know i'm going to sit here and be like yeah bullshit that blah 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 you know whatever my answer was back in the day and it kept reappearing 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 i'm like all right cool finally i'm like you know what screw it i hit rock bottom let's clean up so I cleaned up, started this podcast that I'm on, which is C's Get Degrees, and I enjoy it phenomenal because I was in sales. The process is pretty much the same. Yes, you have a product, but in podcasts, the story's first. Versus sales where you just, like my issue in sales is I want to bypass the story and get to the product because it's like you're under all this pressure to sell, sell, sell. Mm -hmm. Podcast completely flip that around. Say, hey, Yes, you have a product you're going to sell, but it's at the end. So just learn about the people first. See if you can bring them value or vice versa. If they can bring you value, make it a win-win situation. I'm super relaxed with that because my gift is talk. So I'm doing this. I'm having fun with my gift. And then all of a sudden now it's going in speeching, uh, going in these uh, speeches with people. I'm getting surrounded by people that I never thought possible in my life. I'm enjoying people around the world. Hang on. So before we move on to that, tell me a little bit more about the podcast. C's that get C's get degrees. C's get degrees by Chad Smith. It's it's C's get the full title. C's get degrees going from average to extraordinary. Okay. The reason why I chose C's get degrees is because I was that rebel in college that got drunk majority of the time that got C minuses in his grades and still graduated with a 2.0. Um, graduated. I graduated. The reason why is back in the day, everyone's like, C's get degrees because I would look at the professor and I tend to have no filters. So I would be like, you know what, professor, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. I just want to go make money and I'm not going to do this assignment. So I would always get like a C in the class because I wouldn't do 100% of the work because I looked at it saying, you know what, you 4.0 students, and I'm going to say it nicely how I want to say this. I'm not being mean to anyone that's got 4.0s, but it's like, you guys are taking all this time to focus on your assignments. I'm going to go side hustle and make money. Yeah. So for me, I was, when I was in class, I would be like, this time is useless. And I would go back to my room, figuring out how I can launch websites, how I can make fish and lures, whatever, whatever the hustle was at that time. I was looking in my mind going, okay, how do I make money outside? Reason for this is, in college, I had a lot of friends that were business owners or they ran family farms. And I had this kid that was like 20 years old that I, I'm not friends with him now just because of the, the separation of it. But the dude was making like 60 grand a year and he was 20 years old, just working on his family farm and he was financially stable. Like he got 2000 acres as a gift for graduating. So it's like, I want to be like him because he has a life I wanted. So in college, I would always look at, okay, what is TP doing versus what is class doing? The teacher would be like, you need this. No, I want what TP has. So I'm going to kind of follow what TP, and I'm not saying toilet paper. His name was Tyler Peterson. That's just his nickname. Um, so I want to follow his route and go exactly down what he had because he had the life I wanted. 
So I would always fight, and that's the reason why I created C's Degrees, because it, when I looked at kids in college and I looked at all my friends now, the ones that have successful businesses, they cared about college, they cared about school to a point just to make sure their you know their parents were happy. But on the other end, they didn't give a shit about it because they knew they wanted to make money on the side. So they're like, I don't care how I get through this, just get me through this because I know on the back end, I know how to make money. So like half of them now, I think I have one that's got on my three of the influence I have. Out of three guys, I think they're probably worth three million plus if you add all three together, three or four million. Uh, one on the books is probably worth a half. The other one's worth probably one. Another one's probably got 1.2, 1.5 in real estate. I could be incorrect on it, but that's just the, the net value, what they have on everything. Of it, one of them, went, one went to a four-year degree, but he went through the army which was West Point. The guy's a phenomenal guy. Very, very, very brilliant. Um, the next one got a certificate for business and the other one never got nothing. And here they're the most three successful guys I know because they have the inner drive saying, Hey, we love this life. We love hustling. We hate working for people and we're doing this by ourselves. Each one has their own little, you know, they're very good at what they do. Some of them have, you know, they know some are transitioning in a different avenue, so they know their body's wrecking. They're in roughing. Um, they know they can't be on the roof. So a lot of them are in transition. Some accept the transition one way. The other one accept the transition the other way. So one's going into trading, more online stuff like me. The other one's going into more snow removal. Yeah. That's just It is what it is. That's what they're good at. And it is very funny back in the day when I was married, that my ex-wife would always fight me and say, why are you around these guys that are business? So like now being divorced and single and mind you, I'm going to tell your listeners this people that are very successful. Some are married. The majority of them are single because they're so laser focused on their goals that they don't have time for a girlfriend. Um, I, when I'm ready, I'll get one. I'm not gonna, that's not my number one focus right now of it though. They, uh, one made like $180,000 in four months trading. So are, like, you dude, are you, are you bringing these guys on the podcast? Like, are, are you sharing these stories with your <laughs> listeners or what's, what, what are you actually doing with the? So the one that made audience? trading, we made, uh, the one that made money trading, uh, we're actually going to be coming back on here in January because we're guys wrapping everything up here for the year with roughing because snow is coming. So they're super busy. Um, one of them I made, I think I did three episodes with him for sure. Two episodes. Um, the biggest one that we thought we thought it wouldn't be as big as it is, but it is because that's, that's the word in business that people don't know how to like an average person. And I'm not say average, but like people that's not in business every day do not understand the word leverage. My buddy gets it. So we had a, we just had an episode on just breaking down leverage, the basic way of saying it, not like, you know, financially and all that stuff. And I think that's my number one or number two episode now because it's, we took it such, both of us have this skill to take something so complex and just up in, you know, left field way up high and then drop it down and say, okay, Hey, this is what it is in basic everyday terms. So like leverage, you know, 50, 50 to debt ratio, go borrow against your debt to go get more debt, bring whatever. I mean, I'm not going to go in debt the full in debt here, but it's a, it's, it's a leverage or it's like a tool to accelerate you going in the future. Yes. It can be in the bad way, just like everything there's risk and everything. But instead of saying, okay, I'm going to do one-to-one, -one, why don't you use leverage and do go borrow or go whatever it is and get hundred to one. So like you have a hundred, another power of a hundred to push you forward Yeah. without getting in depth here on a full business uh, podcast. But, he knows it very, very well. And he told me straight out, both of these guys said straight out, they're like, yes, you need to save for your future. Yes, you need that. But in order to make that jump, you need to have some money in the bank. So don't even worry about doing any of your retirement funds or anything. It's like your number one goals. You need to build this business. So you need to funnel in everything you need to funnel in and go 100% committed into that business. 
So for me, when you said, hey, do you have any retirements? I probably have one through my company. I haven't looked at it. To me, my future is trading. My future is podcasting. I just launched a TV, uh, t-shirt line through my podcast, and it's just more of a side thing for me. It's not my main focus. Where do, where do people buy that, uh, the merge? Where go, can you listen to the podcast? Okay, so go on. Seize Get Degrees is on all the main lines. Uh, the big one is Spotify and Apple iTunes. Uh, the merch is actually on my Facebook account. I do not have a store set up yet because I launched it two days ago. Um, go to my Facebook account, which is Chad M. Smith. If not, go on Instagram, which is at the Chad M. Smith. And that can direct you to exactly where to go for all the merch and stuff. So that's easier route. Yes, my name is Chad Smith, and I'm not the drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I am definitely going to use that name for the event. That's awesome. Man. So, it, um, thank you for for sharing that. You also, before I let you go, you also talked about speaking engagements that you've gotten. Yes. Um, are, are you? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me a little bit more about that. What are you doing? All right. So I am, let me get the exact details, exactly what the, the thing is called. On top of my head, I know what my short word is called on it. Um, let me see, where is she at here? All right. All right. So I am on this red. All right. So if you guys go to I'm a featured speaker. It's called uh, myglobalsummit.com. I'm a featured speaker through the owner on there, which is Crystal. She's a phenomenal girl. Um, there's something else. I think it's called Red Carpet Leader or something. I don't know the exact uh, website for her. Um, oh, Red Carpet Express. So I am the featured leader under myglobalsummit.com and the Red Carpet Express are the two places that it is. And then she runs a summit pretty much every month. Um, so I am number two speaking engagements going to be next weekend. And what are you going to be talking about? The topic for this one is dare to be different, but my previous one, I talked about finding your why and sticking to it. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to convert that back to finding my why and sticking to it just because as much as I want to say, Hey, I'm having a writer's block on it. I am not. Everything in my gut is saying, go back to your original why speech and, and tell people. So I'm going to go revert back to that one. I'm going to let Kristen know about that. And the reason for this is if people don't know what their why is, they're not going to have a chance to be different. They're not going to have a chance to have that inner drive. They're not going to have a chance. So your foundation is your why first, and then you're going to, you're going to press forward into that. Um, mine finally came to, uh, mine finally came in my face here this last year. So that's the reason why I'm hundred miles an hour. That's the reason why I'm going. That's, that's what she said. Continue. Exactly. <laughs> um, you've, you've talked about your what, which is day trading. Yep. Uh, that's an interesting differentiation to make. Uh, what, what's the why? The why is I don't want to be a statistic. And that's the basic way of saying it. Fear? I grew up at, um, is it a fear-based thing? Yes. The reason is the reasoning is this. Okay. <laughs> the last year, not say the last year. So I grew up in a blue-collar family, which is you go to work, you work forty years at a place, you retire, yeah. and so and so and so. Okay. Yes, that's a 95 percent thing that everyone does. I don't want the life that my parents have. Nothing against them. Nothing against it. They raised me great. I just don't want that life of being in the same place for 40 years. I want to travel. I want to get out there. Reasoning for this is it's going to sound dark how I say this, but this is the reasoning why I'm so fucking laser focused on it. I watched in the last two years, three years of my life, I watched people my age either commit suicide, do drug overdoses or die of cancer or just die natural causes of a stroke. So like I had a cousin that just passed away uh, two weeks ago. Sad. He's been fighting it for a while. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, we're not going to go too far in depth on that one. But, um, well, dude, the, the, the first two things that you said, those are different than the, the second two, or, you know, cancer and strokes. Those, those happen. It's kind of a, a random luck of the draw sort of thing. But the, 
the suicide and drug overdose, I, you're, what you're talking about has the ability to prevent people. If you can, cause there's this, there's this kind of like aha moment and in, in, at least in my life, and I'm assuming in a lot of other people's lives where you grow up and it's all fine and dandy and you're a kid and it's just, you know, but, but then you start to realize I'm not going to be uh, a prince or I'm not going to be an astronaut or a major league baseball player or whatever. And you have to kind of bring your hopes and dreams in from the clouds where you were going to be the next Superman and, kind of adjust to reality. And that's a hard thing to do. And it's really important. You know, if, if you can start having these kind of thoughts about the what and the why back then, right? Like right when that transition happens. And for me, that was probably when I was 22 or 23, when I got, got out of college and was like, all right, shit, I'm busting tables for a living now I'm sticking my hand in vomit and having to kick drunk people out of bars. Is this really what I want to do? And, and, it can be kind of a depressing uh, uh, realization to where it's not all roses anymore. You actually have to to do something with your life. So, mine came. I'm 34 years old, turning 35 in March, which is probably what five months away. Uh, mine came laser focus aha moment came about a year and a half ago, but. The one where it kind of completely changed my life was three years ago with the divorce. And the reason for this is in my 20s, I knew my end goal was my farm or like the, the goals I have on my fridge. So I would always make decisions saying, if we don't do this now, I'm not going to get that. If we don't do this now, I'm not going to get that. Instead of, not, you know, me, 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 me. What ended up being is you forgot. I knew the end result. I didn't know the foundation. So like for me... I lost everything on the foundation because I didn't have anything on the foundation to project me forward. So now that divorce brought me to say, okay, Hey dude, that's a phenomenal long-term goal. Let's reverse this thinking and say, if you're not happy right now, you're not going to get that. So by me, yeah. So like I had multiple gut checks here the last year and a half ago because cancer, cancer. Yes. But going through college and stuff, you, you develop friends with a lot of people and, um, two ones kind of caught me off guard a little bit, actually three of them. There was a kid that was two years behind me in high school who got pretty much the reality is once reality hit, he went into alcohol and then he got tied into heroin and pain pills and all that stuff. He ended up passing away because he overdosed on pain pills mm-hmm. just because a lot of these people can't handle the reality. You're going to go into something like an addiction. Okay. The next one was, the next two are farm related events. Um, when I got divorced three years ago, farming was going backwards. It still kind of is right now. So a lot of these kids, they're so afraid to claim bankruptcy that they'll, they'll commit suicide. So like they get in debt so much that they came out of school. When I left school, farming was at sky high. So it's like now in the stock market. So all these guys were buying brand new vehicles, brand new equipment, brand new everything, rebuying land, just spending money like a madman because they didn't want to pay taxes on it. Well, reality hit. They don't know how to accept it. So here's one of them. Both of them had kids. They ended up went in the house and did whatever they needed to do. I don't know the whole details of it. I don't need to know the details of it. But here and now, they're not with us anymore. What, what, what's the crop up there? Uh, corn beans. Uh, corn beans, wheat is the big one. Uh, hemp is starting to come back up here now because we're starting to open up this state for hemp growth. So they're doing a lot of CBD oil extraction in some of these sands area. But when did the, do you think that the, uh, this trade war that we've gotten into with China has had an impact on the quality of life of, or at least the, the profitability of farmers up there? I'm going to bite my tongue how I say this. Yes and no. Yes, it has. But my mean side of it is going to say they kind of had it coming ahead of time. Like they they didn't have the foundation right. Right. So yes. Something along uh, and toppled them over. And toppled them over. And the reason was, if it wasn't this, it would have been potentially probably something else. Yeah. yeah. The the business answer side of me is going to say I'm going to go very logical. How I say this just because like there's emotional side of it. And yes, I know. I grew up in Green Bay. Obviously, I grew up in Green Bay. Like I said. When I went to college, I watched the housing market crash. 
while I was in college. And what was happening is these guys were building one houses, borrowing money to go build four houses. And then, okay, we're done with four houses. Now we're going to build eight, blah, blah, blah. So instead of buying real estate and hold it, they would just buy and flip houses. So these guys are going so fast. Instead of buying one house and fix it, they'll buy 50 houses and fix it. So they'll just take everything times 10. And that's where they would go. That's your leverage conversation. Yes. These guys lost it because they never paid attention to the markets and they were buying stuff that was inflated prices. Okay. I saw that going on when I was in college. And then at that time, farming was getting very, 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 very good. So I was seeing a lot of these banks doing the same thing with farming because people got to understand the banks want assets. So if you want to make money, you got to give a bank an asset. All these farms are sitting on asset, heavy, heavy assets, but they're money poor just because that's just the farming industry. So a lot of them don't have cash flow just because it's a high leveraged industry. So these banks are looking at it saying, hey, you have 10 million, 20 million worth of assets. Great. We're going to borrow against it. Go buy all land you want. So these guys are buying land for five, ten thousand dollars an acre, which is usually three thousand an acre. So here now their costs just drastically increase, so they're paying high rent to pay for it instead of just sitting back and saying, "Okay, hey, we're going to pay everything off, sit back and relax and watch this game." So a lot of these kids were dropping instead of dropping a million on five pieces of equipment, they're dropping ten million on equipment just because that's inflation and how the equipment costs. So. Once that golden goose stopped laying the eggs, yeah. here all these guys are sitting on all this iron that needs to be moved, and they didn't listen to the very sound financial people because they were afraid to pay taxes. You just described every bubble, every asset bubble in the history of assets. You know, yes, whether it's housing or stocks, the 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 foresight to be able to avoid to to. Because you get so caught up in, in what's happening. Look, you know, I need to do this, right? And, and you, it's very hard. And you often don't have the information to make big macro calls about what's going to happen in the next, you know, in the next year or so in whatever industry you're in. Yep. It's, it's so challenging, man. And yeah, dude, I, I went to, I started college in 2007. So right at the beginning of the, the car. So you're, you're a year behind me. Yeah. So I started college at, actually, no, 2004 I started. So you're actually three years behind me. Um, 04 to 0, I'm going to say 04 to 08, uh, guys were refinancing like crazy. Uh, they were buying houses left every couple of years because in the values were going up. People were going nuts. Like it was yeah. nuts never time. But dude, yeah. that's when you're talking about leverage and how like how important it is. That's the the downside of that, right? Like yes, yes. If shit does hit the fan, that leverage is going to unravel super super fast, you know. And so, like, I don't know what the advice is. Like, it's you won't like you said you will not get to the next level unless you can lever up and expand operation when in most of anything that you're doing, right? If, and, and by the next level, it's working for yourself, being a business owner, moving out of middle-class America, right? To get to that, that next sort of income bracket, you're not going to do it just being a ultra conservative elder or, you know, yeah. or, or whatever the case is, right? So you, you have to take risk, but then you very often, not very often, there are these, these periods where you get crushed, people get crushed for taking those risks, which is sad. Right. And then that person is going to be affected for the rest of their life. You know, if you look at people who went through the great depression, they just stopped investing in stock in the, in the stock market and stopped giving their money to banks. And they lost out on this, you know, the next 20 or 30 years of, of wealth building potential. So it's a, uh, it, we're getting like, human psychology <laughs> you know <laughs> we're, we're, we did we did go in left field there and i'm gonna goofy, uh, an hour and 10 minutes in Jeff, yeah i'm gonna let you run it do you have anything else that you that you'd like to plug before uh we'll let, and by the way your picture on my summit.com looks phenomenal uh you uh, we're gonna go on a funny story on that one so that picture on that one was just this i wanted to 
if you go on my Facebook page, the official, like my normal everyday Facebook page, not my business page, my goal was to take pictures because I cleaned up. Just to say, hey, I'm confident, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. these pictures that she took, <laughs> she fucking made me look like a million bucks. <laughs> so I look at the girl, I'm like, and I know her very, very well. I'm like, you know what? Thank you very much. So she actually projected her photography career, and these pictures made me look like a person that I'm not. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, a, I feel great. It's a good, it's a good thing. But no, it's, I'm doing, I have many, many, many moving parts. The reason for this is I know I'm going to get there. It's just a matter of not when it's going to be what time or when it's going to occur. But I understand it's not a large bite right away. You're just taking little bites here and there and developing your wins and developing your confidence to get there. Yeah. You got to just keep grinding. One day it'll hit. Stay focused. Have, you know, have a vision board, have some way to, to keep your goals front, front and center. And, uh, and yeah, here's a don't. tip I'm going to give people. If you guys never fell asleep with your laptop in your bed in the middle of doing something, you know, you're not grinding hard enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at that one, but it's yeah, no, uh, go visit. Obviously, uh, we're going to plug everything here. So C's get degrees on, going from average to extraordinaries on Spotify, your Amazon Musics, your iTunes, your iHeartRadio is your main national podcast network. It is through Lipson, so all the direct uh, distribution, it's in there. I do have a C's Get Degrees Facebook page. I do have um, YouTube, which is at the Chad M. Smith. Same thing. I keep it simple. So um, at the Chad M. Smith for Instagram at the Chad M. Smith for Facebook, at the Chad M. Smith for uh, YouTube. YouTube is not my focus, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not bringing that in on my plate yet. So I do have a t-shirt line there I just launched. It is, uh, it's kind of got my rock and roll attitude a little attached to it. So it's a lot of black and white stuff just because that's just who I am. Um, of it though, yeah, everything's going in the right direction, but it's, it's little pieces here and there. And then obviously uh, red carpet, um, express and my global summit for speaking stuff. So you guys come on up, uh, you're going to see me and you're going to see multiple, multiple, multiple millionaires that are on there that are 17, 18 years old, which I have no clue how the fuck they got it right away. But, um, it's going to be a heavy, 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 heavy valued speech coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, Chad, thanks for joining us today on the rich by 36 podcast. No problem, man. Thank you. Shoes got a red dress on. Gonna light the fuse, stay out till dawn. Whistle blow.